so instead of foreplay, the two of them decide to have some sword play, which leads boo. right into some sex. <laughs> Don't you boo my bad pun. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David. And today I finally watched The Bodyguard. So I actually didn't realize until a little bit after we um, decided to watch this movie that the entire month of January so far has been us doing films around singers in movies. Was it what, just this and Cher? And Chris Christopherson in Blade. Oh my God, that does not count. It has to count. It's not centered around Chris Christopherson. <laughs> but it could be. No. Wesley Snipes sang. <laughs> uh, only if we were doing some sort of Jamie Foxx movie. True. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say we're definitely hitting the big ones with Cher and then this one. I guess the only one we uh, were missing is like Barbara Streisand. Well, that can be your next pick if you want. I don't know if Owen Wilson can sing, but that's what we're doing next. So, Oh, no, Owen Wilson movie? Yeah. Owen Wilson, Gene Hackman. Just a one man against all odds movie. Gene Hackman in a control room somewhere. I bet Gene Hackman can sing. Probably a crooner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, why don't you talk about the bodyguard? That'd be sure, nice. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is definitely part of um, the series of films that my mother showed small little Alon boy um, before Alon could fully grasp a full understanding of what this movie was or was about or any concept of film. I remember absolutely loving this movie and watching again after all these years. I still absolutely love this movie. So I'm very curious to see, uh, your, to hear your thoughts about The Bodyguard. That was pretty good. Uh, I was very entertained throughout the whole thing. Um, I thought there were some moments here and there which where it could have been like maybe a little better, maybe a little more modern. What I was, I was reading that this, the script for this was actually really old and they tried to make it like several times before they actually finally got it off the ground. Um, but I think there's some stuff here or there that I would have fixed or changed. Um, but overall it was, it was entertaining. I thought, Whitney Houston's character, like she, I think she did a good job. I didn't think she held the movie back, although I guess some critics did. And then I think if you watch this, you could say that Kevin Costner is the most wooden actor in the history of cinema. <laughs> but I'm like pretty confident that's the character he was going for. And so it, it works. But man, like not a fun hang. I liked him in this. I think that was his kind of character, his very like serious down to earth business, you know, but then she kind of breaks him into a subtly less <laughs> stoic character. 
but um i don't know there's some moments that i think he kind of came into his own quirks of a character but i i see what you mean he's he's mainly just this very kind of like one note guy yeah what i mean is once again it's purposeful um but a little like i think it can lead people to saying it wasn't very good um I thought in the beginning he'd actually shot just a random dude washing cars. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's one way to start this. He just shot the wrong guy. And then they're like, nope, shot the right guy. Yeah. How'd you know? Because uh, they don't wash cars in the parking lot. Pretty fucking like bold <laughs> that that's <laughs> how you're going to end a man's life just based on that that fact. They just decided to install a new policy today. Guy comes home, goes to work early to get started. Boom. So uh, one thing I like that they establish is that he doesn't usually protect. He doesn't usually bodyguard celebrities. So from what I have to assume, this is a politician of some sort, right? Uh, yeah. And it looks like the person he bodyguards after this is a priest. So yeah, he just really doesn't do like, actors actresses singers that sort i guess because he thinks they're hard to work for and he's right (laughs) he is he is very right um but she's really not that bad and i think really it's her it's her team around her it sort of makes things a lot harder right um what did you think about the opening for like why she needed a bodyguard someone made a tv explode oh it wasn't the tv it was the doll oh it was the doll next to the tv yeah the doll was hooked with rigged with explosive explosives that's right that's right yeah you know it's funny is that when i saw it i was like oh what's it the, what the fuck did the tv just explode and then later on when they talked about the doll it's like my mind never corrected itself that that that, that that's what happened gotcha yeah, it makes a lot more sense now. I, uh, I'm just conf- not confused, but I think it's like done in a very like we're not explaining anything right when it's happening. We're just going to show you this. Like I don't even know. Do you even see Whitney Houston? I don't even think you see her really in that scene. Or just you don't not really, lot. not really. You might, but I don't. She might have been on the TV, but I don't think we see her. We uh, get that we're we, yeah. No, you're right. Um. The explosion was in the dressing room, and I think she was out on stage. Because I think the whole thing to cover it up was to tell her that there that explosion was caused by like a electrical thing. Exactly. That's that's as dumb as they treat her. It's an electrical thing. Don't worry about it. Um, did you recognize the house we go to next after uh, Frank agrees to take the job? Like. It's a famous house? Oh, so you didn't recognize it. No. no. It's the house from The Godfather. It's the, the house horse. from The Godfather? The Horsehead House? It's the Horsehead House. Wow. Yeah. It's a pretty nice house. It's a huge house. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the backyard pool area alone is pretty... That's why I recognized it. Um, yeah, but it's pretty crazy. I like too how he uh, he's like I don't do celebs no matter what, but for an extra five hundred dollars a week 
I'll come out and give it a try. <laughs> right. Um, so you, we were talking about the team, you know, her team being really um, kind of toxic in this situation. So I like when he, okay, so let's first talk about her security on the house. So he goes out and he, every time he has to give a name, he gives a different president's name. Not a single president. Founding father? I mean, I don't think Alexander Graham Bell's a founding father. Different inventors. Old white guy? The old white guys from colonial times? Sure. Yes, close enough. Um, but, yeah, so how did you, did you catch quickly what was going on when he was doing that, or did it take you a little bit? By Edison, I'd fully figured it out, but yeah, I, I knew what he was doing. I um, this is kind of a problem I have, not like a problem, but just something I thought would be like a cooler scene is where it's what I expected. So maybe the fact that it didn't do that is like makes it better. I don't know, but I would have liked a scene where she's like, "I don't need him," and the team's like, "I don't need him," and then he just goes, "Well, you do need me," and here's why, and like breaks it down. And is like, you know, that someone can get through there. Someone get through here. I just gave all these fake names. Da, 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 like really like fucking puts everyone in their place. And instead it's just like a line to the driver. Like he's like, yeah, I did that. The driver's like, did you do that to see how easy it was to get? And he's like, yeah, that's why. You're like, oh, okay. I wanted a cooler scene. Well, I think we get that cooler scene later on, but I don't think he could put everyone in, in their place um, right away. Cause I think that would have taken a lot of, a lot away from what happens later on in the movie. Um, he kind of shows everyone up slowly, like as the movie goes along. Uh, and we'll get, we'll get to those parts. I thought though, one of the coolest parts of this movie is him setting up the different security around the house, changing out the windows, changing the, the cameras, the lights, the gate, and then taking on the driver as his, like, his, uh... Protégé? Protégé, yes. Um, I like I like explaining to him, explaining to him, he's like, you know, why, why are you, you know, having me do that? And he's like, well, if always, there's always one person that gets shot if it's not the, and it's the cocky black chauffeur, and, like, he laughs, <laughs> at him. But he's like, no, really, the the driver gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he teaches him how to do those like cool like one eighty spins in the car. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that they made her like an Oscar front runner. It's pretty ballsy when you have someone who's a singer that's never acted, and you're going to have them play someone who's a really great actress like the movie is telling you <laughs> she's great right uh which is probably why people were so like well no that's bullshit i thought she was fine she didn't she didn't have to do too much um you know who i thought was a really amazing was the sister yeah she was good the little kid was good too fletcher yeah he was good um and then obviously i thought the dude from dumb and dumber who plays tony right well as i i called you what 
what was I like 30 minutes in? No, maybe? you said you were half, you were 50. 50 oh yeah. 52, in. 52 minutes in. I was like, I know how this ends. And I thought Tony was, which if I had watched just a little bit more when they showed Tony throwing knives at, uh, or trying to stab Kevin Costner, I would have been like, okay, well now it's too obvious. That's not him. Oh, you didn't, you weren't there yet. No, not when I said that. Uh, I think I was like, I was going to be there in like literally two minutes. Um, but I, uh, I still was mostly right with my prediction about the, the blonde haired guy being a red herring. You, you were, I was actually really excited for you to get to the new year's party where she, well, where the, um, old colleague of Kevin Costner tried to have sex with her and it got a, a little bit rapey. I thought that would tip you off on like, okay, it's him. Well, we'll get to when I actually figured it out that I was still like, eh, it's probably, it might be Tony. I don't know. Um, but we'll get to that. I do want to, we've skipped over a lot. I do want to go back a little bit. Um, so after he's sort of hired on, he's walking around and uh, he finds out that like, Someone's just jerked off on her bed. As one stalker does, yes. I'm still unclear on who did that after the entirety of this movie. (laughs) (coughs) You have me dying here because the entire time I'm just thinking it's the blonde guy, right? Maybe. No, it has to be the blonde guy because he left the the note with like the cutout letters on that same bed. Also, it was the blonde guy that was following them in the SUV, right? Yeah, that he yeah. that like Kevin Costner like ran through the whole yard of the house to chase. Blonde him. guy was also at the concert. He, he was got punched by Kevin G- Costner. In the I think it was a kick. A kick, yeah, yeah. He he had many jobs that allowed him to be in many places that didn't really make a lot of sense. But yeah, he, he is the one being shown throughout the beginning and he's the one with the locker, but he just always seems to be around, but it's still, I just, I would like to imagine Portman being very thorough and just like fucking jerk off in this bed. (laughs) Um, did you know about the sister? For me, it was super obvious because of how obviously jealous she was you know what no i i don't There's think a sister who jerked off in the bed well, you're gonna get married soon so you'll figure it out anatomy wise how that's probably not possible <laughs> um i thought she was actually jealous of frank up until we get to the cabin because she didn't want this person coming in like sort of controlling the sister because she wanted to be that one who controlled her because she was kind of telling the sister what to do in the beginning a lot so when she was giving these like side eye looks to frank i thought that was oh you know you're not the one that controls the situation i should be the one because they all felt like that Cy, the uh the record producer tony the other bodyguard like they all felt like they should be the ones kind of in control. The only one who didn't really feel that way was Devaney, 
and he was the one who like had her best interest at heart like sort of like the we have to you know be careful about her career but we also need to make sure she doesn't get killed right important yeah yeah that because her getting killed might hurt her career actually Um, it might help it um speaking of Sai, Sai is his name yeah he's one of the most uh annoying characters well i'm sure he would take that as a compliment because that is clearly what he is going for um but as a character though he's just like he is one of frank's biggest antagonists throughout the whole film just kind of like actively against whatever safety protocols he wants to put up uh yeah yeah and then um but you know frank sort of gets his way which is like i think that's a little bit the unbelievable part in the beginning is that like i guess devaney just has the power to make this happen because it doesn't seem like anyone else really wants it and at this point they haven't told whitney houston anything about like the letters, the the jerking off in the bed. How can you tell a dude this stalker jerked off in the bed and sighs to like, oh no no no, that's perfectly fine and normal. Yeah, I don't know. His character doesn't really make a lot. I'm surprised of... you didn't think it was him at certain points. Nah, nah. He's he's too Weasley and too like just he's all about the money. He's all about keeping the the cash cow moving. So that's why. Yeah, he's kind of like a. Uh, I don't want to make that. Con- I'm not going to disper- disparage an entire industry, but he's he needs the, he needs the money flowing. So, um, I do like like I think it does a good job of the pacing of their relationship, um, and developing the relationship between Frank and Rachel. I'm just going to call her Whitney Houston. Um, throughout, you know, from her like begrudgingly accepting this happening but like oh i don't want my son to know how scary this is but then seeing like frank and her son like bonding to like being pissed about all the you know the construction at the house to being like hey you have to let me have fun with the fans because that's like my job to then going to that you know that concert and that sort of sets off the rest of it right well that's that's that definitely sets off how important how how being le- that lenient with her fans is too much sometimes. Right. And I think the shopping scene is like a good indication of all that where she's like, you know, she's like, oh, I, I hear you don't stick with any of your clients because you don't want to care. And then she like asks him for something. He's like, I'm not your fucking personal shopper. Like grab your own jacket. I'm here to protect you. Um. But then, like, right after that, she catches him just watching her music videos mm-hmm. very intently. Right. Um, so, so I guess he, he masturbated just... on her bed. So I guess one thing you could say is, like, why? Like, it just has to be, I guess, a physical attraction. Yeah, that's true. Or he's, he's attracted to her singing. No. Not that. I don't know. She sings pretty good. Uh, I guess for Whitney Houston, sure. Um, it's so funny because I was watching this with with uh, Taylor, and uh, I was just listening, and Taylor was just in awe, 
as like she just makes it sound so so um she makes it look so effortlessly and taylor goes well because it's whitney houston it is effortlessly (laughs) i mean yeah i obviously agree with taylor on that um so uh once we're at the club he gives her like this radio transmitter cross which i guess comes into use it's like like a little bit at the end and then like at the very end it's like oh now this other priest has it and it's like oh that makes a lot more sense that the priest is holding it um but this is when she finds one of the letters she's in the club and she finds one of the letters and then like they sort of reveal all the stuff that's happened she's like what the fuck really (laughs) in my bed did we wash the sheets that's <laughs> the sheets were never washed they were just because she doesn't sleep in it anymore she doesn't sleep in that bed which is weird too right because that's her bedroom and she didn't know about it but she also doesn't sleep in that bed yeah there's no real explanation except she i guess she just really loves her son so she wants to be near him but then like i don't know there's a lot of unexplained stuff that doesn't make a some sense in this but that also just doesn't fucking matter so also you um, have to give the son fletcher this like phobia of water i like fletcher's like do you like boats he's like nah he's like oh is that because you're scared of water he's like no oh, I, I guess and like <laughs> like the whole thing with i was like how quickly it just seems like i said they did a good job of developing it but it also seems like Kevin Costner just falls for like the sun and her very quickly too. Right. And so that's why like, it is like not explained. Like I do, I think it's, I think it's done well and well paced and like they don't drag it on too long, but it is like, if you're trying to figure out why it does seem that Kevin Costner is just like the one that sort of like falls for her. I guess you could say like he falls, he like really likes the sun. He kind of falls for her. And because she sees that, you know, him watching the videos and then the way he protects her at the club. Yeah. That's, that would be the thing for me, for her attraction to him. Oh, so you're saying, but like if Kevin Costner carried you out of a nightclub. I'd be attracted to him. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> as we all would uh no but what i'm saying is that i get totally her attraction to him i don't necessarily get his attraction to her and how both of their attraction to each other seem to have like flourished at the same time except maybe it didn't maybe he was still kind of standoffish to her until he was invited to like a date by her right right Right. Um, but real quick, so we get the uh, the club scene where things start going crazy. He kicks the blonde dude as they're walking out. And basically, like, Tony goes the wrong way, Cy goes the wrong way, and they just, like, leave. <laughs> no, like, well, they don't go the wrong way. They go the way they thought the limo was supposed to be. But he already has this, like, secret language with the limo driver on like hey this means pick us up from the back from the back alley probably should have let tony know too but i guess he wasn't sure if if he let tony know we couldn't have that epic fight in the kitchen epic ass kicking in the kitchen um also sigh like oh this is just free publicity with everyone going crazy at the club and you're just like yeah you are just a complete dickhead like 
there's nothing redeemable about Psy in this movie. No. Um, did you know that the famous photo on the cover of the of the movie for this, the poster of him carrying Whitney Houston? That is not Whitney Houston. What? That is her body double. Whitney Houston like took took the rest of the day off one day and they took that filmed that part, took that picture. And so she is not on the cover of the movie. But then is she not even that scene? Is that her not? I'm sure certain parts of it are her, but like the the whatever the picture comes from, that's not her. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't have Kevin Costner carrying Whitney Houston because if they fall, that's like both of them are out. So I guess, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, the scene in the kitchen is pretty awesome. I love <laughs> how quickly he kicks his ass and then Tony like picks up the knife and he just throws it right by his head. And Tony's just like, okay, I could die here. So I'm going to have to get over this. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Um, and then. I what? do wonder though, real quick, before you move on, you would have to get Tony fired in real life, right? Oh, after that incident? Yeah, you'd oh, have yeah. to be like, yeah. you have to be hey, like, this isn't working out anymore. The, the, this dude just tried to kill me. <laughs> um, he may be a liability. Yeah. Um, except we kind of see though he kind of becomes his right hand man at the Oscars when he's like, hey, you need to get those people out from over there, and all of a sudden Tony's like a his lap dog. A little bit, a little bit. Um, and right after this, because he saved her life, she's like, you know what? I am going to do whatever you say from now on. All the construction on my house is great. Um, and hey, like, I would really like to go on a date. And uh, you're going to have to be there anyway. So why don't you just take me out on a date? And it is kind of like almost like high schoolish. She's like, well, you don't have to say anything right now. And I'll just, uh, you know, just think about it. I'm going to I'm going to run over here. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, he looks up at the balcony and hit, and her sister is just menacingly like staring down from the balcony. Yeah, and that's when I, I mean, that's why I thought she was just like, I don't like how close you two are getting. You know, like I need to be the one who runs things here. Um, because once again, it's just like, it's it seems to be just like a power struggle between everyone. And then I, I think I think the reveal on the sister, like... It makes sense, like, right in the moment, but, like, when thinking about it with everything that came before, I was like, "Ah, that's a little not, I didn't, I don't think that's easily seen coming, but maybe if you watch it again, it is. Mm, Well, I mean, it's this, like, constant jealousy of growing up with her being like, she's always the better sister. I was, it was so funny in that scene. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, (laughs) but... But I need to mention this scene where this is they're at the cabin and her sister's outside singing. She's singing like some sort of church hymn or something. And then Whitney Houston comes up behind her and joins her in song. And just the level of <laughs> Whitney Houston's level of singing just totally overtakes her. And I was just laughing so hard. I was like, yeah, no wonder. Well, and she even explains later, she's like, I was in a band. And then 
Whitney started singing with me, and then I fucking lost my band, basically. <laughs> it became Whitney's band. Um, so they go on the date. He takes her to see a somewhat old Japanese movie, Yojimbo, which means bodyguard. Wow. Thanks, David. Yeah, you're welcome. Definitely just knew that on my own. I, I like at the sort of mid to end of the date, she's like, is this a full service date? And he's like, what? She's <laughs> like, I want to dance. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then you hear a little little bit of a, a song that she covers originally by Dolly Parton, but sung by a older country man. Yes, it was. Yeah, that is not as good of a version as what Whitney does with it. No. Apparently, D- Dolly Parton said that she agreed to let the the movie have this song and just like didn't really think anything of it. And then later on, she was driving her car and the Whitney Houston version came on and she like had to pull her car over to listen to it because she was just so in like awe of it. Well, you know, what's funny is that I'm pretty sure that the entire soundtrack of The Bodyguard was just different variations of this song. That would be weird. But I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure every single song in this whole movie was a cover of this song. Most of them by Whitney Houston. You mean a cover? her doing covers of different songs or her just doing the same song over and over again? It felt like her just doing the same song over and over again. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I don't think... This is the number one, number one selling... Uh, <laughs> soundtrack in history and i do not think it's just Wait, i will whoa. always love this is you the... 12 times <laughs> it, would, it would still be the number one soundtrack is it really the number one selling soundtrack in history yeah that's crazy by the way it could totally be i will always love you 12 times and i would still believe it I mean, I would listen to it, but you could also just buy it once now on iTunes, you know, so. True. It's true. Um, it did feel like they overused that song a lot. That would be my one critique of the movie, is that I felt like. Although, isn't that the song? Hey, I'm confused here. Did Whitney Houston, excuse me, did Whitney Houston's character get famous for singing that song in a music video? Or was she getting nominated for using that song in a movie in which she was getting nominated for? What the hell did you just ask? <laughs> okay. Whitney she Houston- was nominated for Best Actress for a movie called like Queen of the Night. Right. So she was a singer and also an actress. I understand that. Much like Whitney Houston in real life. Okay. No. <laughs> but my question to you is that for her movie, Queen of the Night, does she sing that song in her movie? Or I is all the love you? Yes. Or is all the footage that we're witnessing that, that Kevin Costner is witnessing this like separate music video? That was an I Will Always Love You at that point. That was a different song. What song was it? I don't know, but it wasn't that. It was okay. a different song. Well, was that in like a, a music video or was that part of the Queen of the Night movie? I think it was a music video. Okay. 
It's very confusing. No. No, it's not. Not that confusing. So instead of foreplay, the two of them decide to have some swordplay, which leads right into some (laughs) sex. Don't you boo my bad pun. Um, I felt like that. I did not realize that, like, I thought this was going to be a date. I didn't realize they were going to have sex immediately. And I was like, wow, we have a long while still left in this movie. And I was like, where could this possibly go? And of course, it's Kevin Costner. Like, yeah, we can't do that ever again. She's like, really? Um, but speaking of the sword play real quick, because I don't want you to gloss over the fact that he just drops a scar- her scarf on the sword and it just splits it perfectly in half. Which makes you realize her just like flailing that around all willy-nilly was like pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah, definitely. She gets really pissed and uh, then the sister comes in and she's like, oh, wow, you're getting really close to her, huh? Basically, like, I know you guys had sex. Mm-hmm. Then we're in Miami. I do love her line where she's, like, out doing something, getting ready for the show, and Farmer's getting, Kevin Costner's getting all pissed, and she's like, quit bitching, Farmer. This is actually the part you get paid for. Because it does seem like he just wants to just keep her at home with all the cameras and like 24 seven, you know what I mean? Like he wants to make his job super easy and it's like, they don't need you for that. Right. Like they could put her in a compound, but they got you the best so that she could have some semblance of like the normal life she's having where she's going to shows and she's about to go, you know, win an Oscar. So, well, can they, I mean, you say that, but they tried keeping her in the compound and the guy still got in, you know? So they do need him. Yeah, but they could have had anybody, like, update the compound. They had nobody. They had some dude, Tony, who's, like, I don't know, a friend from high school or something. I don't know what the fuck that guy is. (laughs) Right, right. And then we get to the Miami party where Portman shows up. And, you know, we've already heard him talk about, uh, I guess Devaney was like, oh, you worked for Carter and then Reagan. And he's like, yeah, but I wasn't there the day for Reagan. And then Portman's like, oh, hey, that Reagan thing wasn't your fault. Like, oh, shit, well, what was he there? And then it's like, oh, no, you, you know, you weren't even there that day. And it's like, all right, so he's just really upset because he had to take a day off. Reagan didn't even die. I mean, he almost did. It's a pretty serious, pretty serious event. Um, but then you find out that he's actually, he took the day off because he was burying his mom. Right. Yeah, so it was probably pretty important thing for him to do so uh he needs to get over it (laughs) (laughs) right uh well i mean so he gets to the point where he's kind of having this like he's just being pissy with with her and she's kind of being pissy with him um to the point where she goes to sleep or attempts to sleep with Porter. Portman. Portman. And I don't know that she's ever going to sleep with him. She's really just trying to make him jealous. And then when she realizes, like, all right, well, how could this possibly make him jealous? Like, we're in, a, we're in our own room. And she tries to end it. And it's like, that is, I think that is the fairly obvious point where you're like, I mean, it is and it isn't, right? Because this is apparently a former, like, Secret Service guy. Right. 
So you're like, all right, well, he's not going to be too evil. And, but then he gets rapey and you're like, all right, well, but is that the type of the same type of evil as someone who would be paid as a hitman? Then also, why wouldn't he just kill her right here? But we he could make, we the, also don't know he's being, there's a paid hitman out there yet. Right. So we just think he's a crazy person. Um, you could make the argument he doesn't kill her right here because he's like, you know, Kevin Costner's here and he's going to like catch me. But then his ultimate plan of shooting her in a public place with the camera is like, also doesn't seem like it's very easy to escape. So I don't know. That gun was very well hidden inside that camera. I mean, I feel like you're going to get caught because at this point, Kevin Costner has to know you're the bad guy. Like you have to, it just, I don't know, it's not well planned. And it obviously is not well planned because he got shot in the fucking face. So what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Um, well, before we get to that spoilery uh, scene, um, there's quite a, quite a bit more to go. Uh, I also don't think you kind of suspect him or anyone right away because you're still thinking it's the blonde guy who at this point in the movie we've seen and we know, um, which I but really I, like. But I think be, because you've seen, sorry to interrupt, but I think because you've seen and known him, like you're then like, all right, well, that, you know, we've all watched Law and Order. Now that you've seen and known this guy and there's like 50 minutes left in the movie, you're like, all right, well, that can't be the guy. You know, it's crazy. I've seen this movie so many times, but it's been so long that I I still thought he was the guy. I mean, he's a nobody, though. It has to be a somebody that you sort of recognize, right? I mean, that guy didn't even have a speaking part. That guy literally did not speak, right? No, he didn't have a speaking part. So he could have been an extra. He probably, like, barely got paid for this. He could have gotten away. They could have gotten away with barely paying for him, yeah. Yeah, but the guy could have just gone through the whole thing being like the psycho and the bodyguard and not gotten paid squat. So who knows? Yeah, I still, throughout this whole thing, thought there's got to be another angle to this. There has to be something else. Um, We do get a pretty intense argument between uh, Frank and her where he's like, I didn't tell you to go fuck the entire hotel. Right. And then she just leaves and goes, uh, goes shopping and he's looking for her and goes and just beats the shit out of some random dude in the kitchen. Turns out to be like the husband of one of the housekeepers or workers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when Frank is going to quit. Cause he's realized he's like, I'm, I've, I'm in too deep. I fucked this up. And, but at that same time, she gets a call that scares the shit out of her. And she's like, you can't leave. Like, I now realize how serious this is. That and call would scare anyone, by the way. That call is terrifying. What was terrifying about it? The creepy man voice going, mommy, mommy. And like, first of all, I don't know how she thought it was her son at first, but whatever. Uh, yeah. I didn't think we heard the entire call. It was just like that little bit in the beginning, right? That was the, that was pretty much the entire call. Okay. I don't remember like, very well, I guess. Was that the psycho? Was that the blonde haired guy? We don't know. It has to be. It couldn't have been Portman because what? Portman gained nothing from doing that. Yeah. 
Except Portman also wasn't paid to kill her publicly, but he decided he had to do it at the Academy Awards. He could have killed her anytime. Well, okay, so it could have been Portman. Now that you say it, it could have been Portman because he might have known that if that scared her enough, they would have relocated to some like um, secluded place. And they did. And I guess are we supposed to know? Maybe Portman found him because he's got the same connections that Kevin Costner has, so he could try and figure out like, Kevin Costner's dad has this cabin. That's where Kevin Costner would go. No, no, no. The sister told him. That's why. Did she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she say she told him? Yeah. That's why she couldn't forgive herself about the bomb being in the boat and almost killing Fletcher. I guess that makes sense. It's so stupid, though, because then she just gets shot. The Portman thing just it it makes it makes no sense. Well, she found, apparently she was looking to hire a hitman. She finds this guy who knows Portman at a bar. She pays it off. But I guess it's a giant coincidence that the guy, the connection at the bar knows Portman who used to work with Farmer. That's the big coincidence. Yeah, but first for him to come into the cabin and she's like, hey, I'm the one that hired you. He's like, well, you're fucking dead. I guess is because I don't want people to know who I am. But oh, I, I thought know. he thought it was Whitney Houston. No, no, she says, "Hey, I'm the one that hired you," and he shoots her. Yeah, it wasn't like he shot her. It was like, "Oh shit, my bad." <laughs> um, and then for him to try and shoot her publicly, it's just like, why? What's the you have to be a little crazy too. Like, why are you making this? You got paid for a job. And actually the person that paid you is now dead. So you don't really even need to follow through with this. So he kind of has to be a little crazy too. Like it doesn't totally make sense. His it's motivation. Because, it's because she rejected him during the Miami party. Maybe. Maybe. I guess. That's the, that's the toxic masculinity message that this movie tries to spread i do like how the chauffeur's like how are we going to get the boat back and i was like yeah how are you going to get the boat and then it just pans <laughs> the boat and i was like oh shit that boat's gonna explode you're looking at the little kid about to you know drive drive off the boat which by the way why would that little kid all by himself go and drive off the boat drive off with the boat alone right like that that doesn't make any sense um, I guess he likes boats, but whatever. That's super dumb. But what's funny is that Kevin Costner runs and jumps and like fully tackles this little kid off of the boat who can't swim, by the way. And I'm like, well, that's a little, that's a little uh, extreme. Um, yeah, but he, he tackles him off the boat because if he gets away with the boat, then it's like they're never going to be able to stop him. Right, and, and the un, unknowing to them, the boat blows up. Yeah, I mean, so in hindsight, he's completely right. Um, so after, you know, after the boat explodes, the dog starts growling at night. They realize, like, yeah, I like how, like, oh, our cars, our cars have been, you know, 
fucked up. We can't take those. The phone lines are down. Um, and they're like, we can't even we walk out of here. So tonight we're going to be stuck here, meaning like, all right, shit's going to happen. Um, Nikki gets killed. And then Frank goes after the guy. And it, because Portman knows who this is and he's like, oh shit, I've lost the element of surprise on this one. Like, I just have to like get the fuck out of here. And then Frank like does this thing where he like just like listens for noises <laughs> so he can kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretty sure he stole that from uh, Bloodsport, but you know. <laughs> um, and then I just gotta imagine like the the Nikki funeral has to be pretty awkward because this woman like tried to have you killed, almost got your son killed, and you're like celebrating her her life, you know. It's got to be awkward. I'm like curious. Do you think Frank just kept that information from Rachel? Like she doesn't was, need to know. I was wondering the same thing too. Yeah. Cause she only told Frank and then she died. I mean, her yelling across the entire house. I'm the one who hired you before getting shot to death. Might've been a little bit of a giveaway, but as far as we're aware of, she Frank's the only one she's told. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I would be curious if he could have kept that to himself. Um, I like the uh, the scene after that. He gets the call from his Secret Service connections to be like, "Hey, so um, the guy was just here shooting us up," and the Secret Service connection is like, "Well, no, we caught the guy. Don't worry about it." And then that's when you and Frank and the audience realize it's two guys. Yeah, there's a jerker. Then there's a guy that calls and says mommy on the phone and we cannot be sure if these are the same people. Um, yeah, now you're making me rethink if, if the sister is the one who told him about the cabin. He has, that has to be it because that's what she says when she's like downing the bottle of liquor. She's like, I told him we were here because remember, because Frank was wondering what's the connection. Like there's no connection to here. Uh, there's, there's no way yeah. to use the connection to the cabin. Right. But Portman would know Portman knows Kevin Costner, right? They work together or so he, and Portman also has the same type of connections that Kevin Costner does. You know, Kevin Costner is going to, FBI or Secret Service, name Secret Service, and getting them to like run DNA samples for him off of letters and shit. So, um, you know, if Portman has those type of connections, he can be like, "Hey, uh, give me all the addresses for Kevin Costner's father." <laughs> all right, it's his cabin. I guess. But either way, it could have just easily been Rachel, and that makes sense. I just would have hoped that Frank would have been like monitoring, you know, calls in and out or something, you know. Yeah, I really like his father, like the character of his father. He's a cool, cool dude. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, now we're at the Oscars. Rachel Whitney Houston has decided to go, and uh, they're going to make it happen. Um, and, you know, then uh, it gets a little hairy there for a little bit. Well, Portman actually runs into uh, Costner. It is at that point where I was like, you know, Portman's probably the bad guy. Why is (laughs) he here? Um, Well, I like how he's like, he's like, you know, I really got into the private business like you, 
you're right. It is a lot of money in it. And what's funny about that line is that, yeah, okay, they're both in the private sector, but he's a private hitman while Costner's the private bodyguard, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's um, a little different line of work. And then he's like, who are you protecting? And he's just like lazily like points over to the monitor that has like the Oscar hosts. Yeah, right? Which you're like, <laughs> later when you see that Oscar host and like Frank going up to her like, oh shit. Like you see the Oscar host and you see Portman nowhere near him and then you know for sure. And then Kevin Costner confirms it like for the rest of the audience who's not keeping up. Um, so Rachel Whitney Houston has two things she has to do tonight. She has to present an award and then she has to go basically win an award. And the presenting of it goes completely horribly because she's like worried she's going to get shot, which she then bra- uh, blames Kevin Costner for. And she's like, you know, you're making me a crazy person and, you know, I, I can't, I can't do this. And it's like, I don't understand how, you know, someone's trying to kill you. <laughs> like, right. Like, right. It doesn't really make sense for you to get mad at him because he's like, it's going to happen. And he knows his shit. Right. Um, but I do like how you have this moment where she's presenting and they open up the the letter um and she sees what she thinks she sees is like the notes like the like the cutout magazine note um and she just runs away off stage but then the guy just reads it like a normal and the winner is you know blah, blah, I thought blah. it was going to be like a bomb you thought the note was going to be a bomb yeah i thought the ballot was going to be like a bomb uh, the envelope yeah and then when it obviously quickly turns to the real thing, like, oh, okay, it's in her imagination. Um, so then she's going to win her award and uh, Kevin Costner sends Tony to the other side to like shoo some people away. And as soon as he sends them off, he's like, hey, go move that cameraman. He didn't need to be there. You see the cameraman, you see it's Portman, you're like, ah, shit. When Kevin Costner's like, oh, it's, I don't have basically he's like I don't have time to get over there or at least that's how he acts right right but it took Tony two seconds to get over there so it's just like let's just run over there real quick um as many times as I've seen this movie like I said it's been a while since the last time I've seen it I kept thinking I kept having this memory that the gun was in the teleprompter I don't know why but it doesn't make any sense for the gun to be in the teleprompter makes about as much sense as it to be in the camera but it actually doesn't make any sense on how some guy with a gun in the oscars is allowed to be going around with a camcorder uh i mean this was a different time you know before 9-11 it was probably pretty easy to sneak into stuff so i don't know i guess you're right i guess um but the gun wasn't even in the camcorder it was just like a like he's holding it with his like left hand and then he has the gun up to like the, the mount. Oh really? I thought it was like part of like the, uh, the sight part of it. It did look like it, but it wasn't at all. Oh, fucking lame dude. I love how after he takes the one shot, he shoots Portman in the chest. Right. And then shoots the camera. So it just, 
fucking explodes all over his face. Yeah, it's pretty great. And I think he doesn't kill him in the chest, right? Like Portman has enough energy to try to no, get yeah, one more was, shot off. He was going to try and shoot again. Yeah, that's why the face exploding was very important. Very satisfying. Um, and then I love how they're all like worried that the important person got shot. She's like, no, it's not me. <laughs> Which, I, as I told you, I expected this movie to end with Kevin Costner carrying her like the music video. But instead, that you know, he got shot. And even after he got shot, I was like, man, how is he going to get up and carry her off the stage? <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. <coughs> Wait, did it not occur to you that that was the earlier event? I just expected him to carry her off stage and the song playing, and that didn't happen. So I needed the song to play. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, the song plays. I mean, in the the song plays in a pretty cool way. I like that she makes the plane stop and then runs out and runs to him and kisses him. I was like, oh, that's a really cool ending. But then it like then shows him bodyguarding a priest. And I'm like, okay, does he like bodyguard this guy? And then he goes back to her place in between jobs. She seems pretty rich. You could probably just hang out with her. Um, I guess he just was like, ah, I can't, I can't do this. I don't know. Hmm. I would have stayed with Whitney Houston. Yeah, me too. Do you think Tony's wearing an eye patch at the end of this? Did he lose an eye, or is it just like kind of damaged, or like he is that eye gone for good? Well, what what did Portman do? Just kind of like poke it, right? He poked it, and then he fucking karate chops his neck. <laughs> Look, there's there's a lot of aspects of this movie that did not <laughs> age as gracefully. <laughs> as other aspects did but for the most part i think this movie still holds up for the most part actually what do you what do you think about that uh i think it does i um i think it does i it held up a lot better than i thought it would um and yeah like i really did enjoy it a lot more than i thought i would before we end really quickly do you want to hear all the people that were considered for Whitney Houston's part? And Kevin Costner actually fought for Whitney Houston and um, like helped her during the audition. Uh, she was like having an issue with her makeup and he like kind of halted everything and like, let's get that fixed and let's do this. And like, you know, she ended up getting the job, obviously. So, do you want to hear all the- so you ahead. know, I, I'd love to hear it. But my question is, is that Whitney Houston was the one with the, with the, that role was the, so Kevin Costner was locked in from the get-go? Um, Kevin Costner was... Um, so Lawrence Kasdan wrote this. He... I forget what other movie it was. I think it might have been wider. But he was on another movie with Kasdan. And Kasdan had been trying to get this movie made. And then Kevin Costner, I think, helped produce this. Okay. A lot of those facts could be wrong. But I know Kevin Costner was in well before i think kevin costner like once they had decided to make it this time kevin costner was the guy okay so Um, tell me who was up for the whitney houston role pat benatar olivia newton olivia newton john madonna joan jett debbie harry janet jackson uh terry nunn kim carnes i've never heard of those last two and then dolly parton dolly parton herself huh 
Mm. Yeah. Um, but apparently Kevin Costner wouldn't even allow them to uh to audition Madonna because she had like made a joke about him and she was like, nah, fuck that. He was like, nah, fuck that. Wow. I think this worked out for the best. Uh I really enjoyed this. I had some issues here and there, but that's like every movie from like this time period. There are always stuff that like doesn't hold up as well. But this is not a movie I would have ever watched on my own, but I'm glad you made me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it. I, I'm actually surprised how well this movie held up. And it, I'm surprised how many things I misremembered from from this film. But it was good because it was a nice surprise. Uh, it was like experiencing it for the first time for me again. So, all right, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. And this is David. And today I finally watched the bodyguard.